Thanks so much for your company. I am Pius Kojobaka. I look now at our stories and government must do more to improve tax administration, expenditure controls and arrears clearance. That's the advice coming from the International Monetary Fund after Ghana completed the first review program. Now, George Biafé has the rest of the story. The IMF in a statement issued maintained that government must take decisive steps to contain inflation and rebuild foreign reserves. Stefan Rode is mission chief for Ghana and has been speaking from Washington, D.C., USA. He says despite these concerns, there are a lot of things that we can celebrate about Ghana's economy. The assessment is one of um, coming to the conclusion that there are signs of stabilization in the economy, that inflation is going down very rapidly, uh, that, that the external and the fiscal position are, are turning around, reserves, international reserves are accumulating. Uh, all of that is very, uh, very good sign and more progress since the since the, the review mission in, in October. And then the other part of the assessment is that economic activity is performing better than what we had in mind. And this is why we are revising um, our, our growth projections up in the context of this, uh, in, in this review. Um, a few words about um, uh, expenditure uh, performance in 2024 as the government is, is, is uh, uh, is going into elections. The fund also argued that making the environment more conducive to private investment are needed to enhance the economy's potential and underpin sustainable job creation. The banking sector was not left out as the fund wants the Bank of Ghana to fully implement the recapitalization plans and address legacy issues in the banking sector as well. On the spot, Bank of Ghana Governor Dr. Ernest Addison, who also participated in the joint press conference, was optimistic about the inflation rate outlook for this year. The Bank of Ghana would continue to manage the inflation side of, of, of the macro. And if you look at where we are uh, with today's rate of inflation of 23%, we are probably even lower than the monetary policy consultation clause, the lower bound of that inflation. And we tried to explain to you why that was the case we have seen the exchange rate uh, perform rather strongly than initially envisaged. And we have also tried to explain that as partly due to the stronger reserve accumulation that we have seen because of the gold uh, for reserves program. So the imp- increases in taxes should not necessarily lead to higher inflation. In this instance, we expect it to help improve fiscal consolidation and then therefore help us in bringing overall, you know, macro pressures down. Answering questions from journalists during the joint press conference, Finance Minister Ken Ofriata on his part noted that he's expecting this development to positively impact on the entire economy going forward. The program um, so far um, is, is quite clear. It's not only an issue of where we were some time ago, uh, but clearly all of us have seen uh, the hard work uh, being done, uh, exchange stability, uh, it's clear Bank of Ghana resolute in the monetary policy, uh, the increased reserve is, is comforting. Uh, and to a certain degree, I know we wanted to go uh, have the board meeting in November um, 2022nd of last year. Uh, I believe, uh, as I said, maybe the Lord tarries, but he's never late. And maybe this might be the best time 
and so I've been doing this to give us confidence um, to start the Let's have a discussion on the back of this. Joining us via Zoom is uh, Dr. Edu Owusu-Sako for some analysis. Thanks so much, sir, for joining me here on Business Life. First off, what do you make of the IMF assessment of the economy, basically when it says that Ghana's performance under the program has been compelling both in terms of meeting the quantitative objectives, uh, for example, on budgetary performance and also in implementing structural reforms? Well, I think the performance has been quite impressive. Kudos to the government. The economy was uh, in difficulties before we started the IMF program. And Ghana government and the, 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 the public, uh, we have committed to meeting the targets and all the indicators that we set for ourselves, uh, i.e. first the debt restructuring, 80% uh, complete from the domestic debt exchange. Our attention has now turned to the external debt. We have already received agreement from the G20 uh, framework that they will restructure our external debt for us. Fiscal consolidation is on course. 75% has already been achieved in the year 2023 alone. Uh, and, 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 you know, other reforms that are taking place, new tax measures, all in the name of narrowing the gap between revenue and expenditure. Uh, it, it, it was really surprising to see GDP growth rate uh, above maybe 1.5% because countries that have done both debt restructuring and fiscal consolidation have really been around, you know, have had their GDP growth rate around 1%. So for Ghana to do uh, between 2 to 3% is impressive. Uh, inflation has declined rapidly, as uh, you, we all are aware. Uh, about a year ago, it was around 54%. Today, it's around 23%, which is remarkable. The rate has stabilized. The, to me, the rate is a major contributor to inflation. So if you're able to stabilize the city, then you can really fight inflation uh, from the front. Uh, also, from the angle of tight monetary policy, government is doing zero central bank financing, also tight fiscal policy, government is not going beyond 5% of GDP budget deficit, and all these indicators are showing positive signs. And so kudos to all of us for achieving this. But we are on the recovery path, but the question must be made that we haven't arrived yet. Ghana's economy has not fully recovered because... The Bank of Ghana's target for inflation is always 8, plus or minus 2. That's, that means it should be between 6 and 10%. So even though it has declined rapidly from 54 to 23%, we are so far from the medium-term target of 10%. So we should try and arrive at single-digit inflation in the next coming years. And, and then also try to prepare the economy to higher GDP growth. So that can create jobs. That is what every Ghanaian is looking for. But at least we are on track to recover the economy. And I think it's a good sign, impressive performance by the government, and we should all be proud as Ghanaians. Mm, talking about we being on track to you know, recover the economy, uh, do you hold the view that, well, there is more to be done when it comes to mobilizing domestic revenue under the program? Yes, of course. There's a target that we have set for ourselves. Uh, we want to reach about 20% of GDP by 2028. And that this target that we have set uh, for ourselves, we have to re uh, reach it. Uh, we cannot, you see, there's a, there's a trade-off between borrowing and getting domestic revenue. Mm. If you are not able to raise more revenue domestically, you have to go and borrow. And we don't want to go and borrow as a country and get ourselves into a debt trap. So we have to mobilize revenue. Even if you go to borrow, you see that since January 2022, we have not been able to raise sovereign bonds. Why? Because... 
of the downgrading. And the downgrading came because they said that Ghana will not be able to raise enough domestic revenue to service its debt. So it means that even if you go to borrow, the creditors still expect you to mobilize resources domestically to be able to service the debt. And so why don't we mobilize revenue internally other than going to borrow? Since 2006, when we completed the HEPIC initiative, the desktop growth rate has outpaced that of the domestic revenue. So successive governments have developed appetite for borrowing as against domestic revenue. And so everything shows to the point that we must mobilize resources domestically to transform this economy. A number of tax measures have already been introduced, but there are still areas, there are, there are areas that are growing and that have high revenue generating potential. For example, the telecommunication industry is booming. Natural resources, you know, as for many times interview me, I'll mention the natural resources. Mm. If you ask me now where we are going to get the money to drastically transform this economy, I don't see money coming from anywhere else apart from the natural resource. Take a, just take the list, Saudi Arabia, Qatar, come to Africa, go to Botswana and Equatorial Guinea. All these resource-rich countries have leveraged their natural resources to mobilize resources to transform their economy. And so, yes, we must turn our attention to the natural resource to mobilize enough resource uh, revenue to transform this economy. Every Ghanaian wants to see employment opportunities. In Japan, a graduate is 100% assured of full employment. In Ghana, the chances of getting full employment in, in the first one year is just 10%. This is not what we want. And so we must sit up as a country and get to the national resource, get the best of the contract, raise, write the contract or resign some of the contracts, and then get the best out of it. And together, we can transform this economy and we all be okay. We are not many. We are just 33 million. We are not many. It's just like Lagos and Abuja put together. Ghanians are not, we are not many. So there's a lot that we can do for ourselves. And we should be able to do it. And we can do it. All right. Talking about the areas, in your view, uh, which other areas, aside the um, extractive sector you've mentioned, uh, needs to that under the program. For example, um, Ghana is expected to work at reducing debt in the energy sector. Do you think it's enough or enough has been done? I, I think we, we don't have to be indebted as a country. It was such a shame when we went to the IMF and they told us to restructure our debt before they would give us a program. It was such a shame. We don't have to. It was just 20, 2006. 2006 up to now is about 18 years. It's just 18 years ago that we had our debt cancelled. And just after 18 years, or uh, how many years? 2016 will be, yeah, well, 18 years. We have, we have gotten ourselves to start. We must make sure that the country, we borrow responsibly. We borrow for investment. There's nothing wrong with borrowing. If you have to borrow with the hope that the returns on your borrowing will be higher than the interest you pay on it, there's economic justification for borrowing. I repeat. As long as the returns on the investment that we use the funds for are higher than the interest we pay on the loan, there is economic justification to borrow. And we must borrow to invest prudently to get a return. That is my call. Right. We don't have to overspend and get ourselves into debt distress already. I've mentioned the natural resource and I've mentioned the circles. These are great areas that we can exploit. A quick one. Do you think any delay in concluding the external debt restructuring on time um, could affect the next review in April and subsequently uh, disbursements? But Ghana is on course. We, we have received agreements 
from the G20 Common Framework. And that is a positive sign. We are talking about some $5 billion restructuring. Already, already, the agreement that we have with them is bringing out a second tranche of $600 million. Mm -hmm. Not that one alone. World Bank is also releasing $300 million. Together, it's about $900 million. IMF will add additional $250 million. Together, making about $1.1 billion in just this few months, which is enough to build our resources and transform the economy. And so I think that we are on course. The external debt restructuring, the G20, is, has already been uh, agreed. The agreement has been signed, except that the details of which uh, Ghana read the details with their respective countries. From there, we will turn our attention to the multilateral, which will be much easier once you go through the G20. And then from the multilateral, we go to the commercial market. Commercial market, we owe them uh, about roughly 15 or 16 billion dollars. So uh, we are on course, and I don't think that there will be any delay anywhere. And, and even if there's a delay, it's expected because it's about negotiation. You owe somebody, and you are telling the person to restructure the debt for you. You cannot force the person. Everything is about negotiation. And I think that uh, our, our leaders, uh, the governor and the finance minister, they have done well. And I'm sure with their skills, negotiation skills, and with the backing of the IMF and the World Bank, we'll be able to restructure the others. And so there's hope for, for the country. Very well. Thank you very much, Dr. Edu Wusisakodie, for your time here on Business Life. More on the economy and government of Ghana is hoping to secure a seven-year moratorium on eurobond interest payments as it moves to restructure the debt instruments. This also pushing for up to 40% interest rate cut. Government is opening talks with Eurobond holders today in London to negotiate the restructuring of the papers. Finance Minister Ken Ufuriata hopes these commercial creditors will accept government's offer. You know we are paying February 22nd, so we are getting ready for that one. Um, the external, I mean, certainly we have moved everything um, to 2026, so that gives us a relief. And then we'll see what happens with the eurobond process. Um, as long as we keep um, increasing our revenue, um, maintain the expenditure, um, and then um, the central bank continues to build its reserves, I think we are going to be fine. It's going to be uh, a flourishing and prosperous year. Thank you. Honourable Minister, the, the, the bit about the, the taxes bit. Okay. Let's go. The governor was clear to you that it's not going to be inflationary. But more important, I mean, um, we have all sorts of tax reliefs that you don't want to talk about. Um, and with regards to um, the taxes um, on electricity, uh, that was um, some time ago, and it doesn't affect, um, you know, um, sort of the lifeline um, tax uh, people. Uh, and so I think we should be all right. The emissions tax, as you know, is really 100 cities a year. That's what we are great about. So one of our headline stories, and Ghana's rice imports have seen a significant decline in recent years, dropping by about 50% since 2021. That's according to the Ministry of Food and Agriculture. Now, this decrease is attributed to various factors, including increased import taxes, the reversal of the benchmark value discount policy and the increased local price production. More in this report. 
Rice imports have dropped by about 45.3% since 2021 from 805,000 metric ton to 440,000 metric ton recorded in 2023 respectively. This reduction according to various stakeholders in the industry could be attributed to increase in import taxes and the reversal of the benchmark value discount policy on some selected imported products including rice into the country. Farmers over the years have also about the lack of buyers for harvested rice in warehouses across the country and price disparities on the market as a result of cheap smuggled foreign rice brands. To make up for the shortfall in overall national rice supply, Ghana must produce 1 million tons of rice locally to be self-sufficient, which will help save the nation about $500 million import expenditure annually. To empower local production, the government decided to ban cereal export from September 2021 to September 2022, which was to ensure price increase and market availability of local rice. Ghana's import bill exceeds $10 billion annually. According to the Agriculture Research for Sustainable Development, Ghana's rice sufficiency ratio declined from 38% in 1999 to 24% in 2006 and increased to about 43% in 2020. This discovery calls for more effort to make the local rice value chain competitive to drive growth and economic transformation. All right, so let's engage the industry players on the back of this. Joining us via Zoom is Chairman Competitive Africa Rice Platform, Yao Idupoku, for more. Yao, thanks so much for joining me on Business Life. Um, how, what would you say really accounted for the reduction in rice imports uh, we are witnessing, about 50%? Um, last year, if you, you remember very well, there was um, this um, report from India that... Um, because of food security, they were going to ban the export of their rice. And India is a very significant player in export, rice export. And so most of the importers decided to stock against uh, India's ban on uh, export rice. And Ghana, being a dumping ground, found itself well within range of the exporters. So just about Christmas, there was an influx, a high influx of rice in the system from all over. And just about that time too, we harvest our local rice. And so when we did the harvest, we could not penetrate the market because there was too much foreign rice in the market. And so it made it very, very difficult for us to sell the local rice. And as I'm speaking to you, uh, just last week, I was up north. I came down this weekend just to come and talk to some uh, distributors about the plight that we are facing. The problem is that um, statistically, we say we are about 40% up there. I don't think we are even up to that 40%. Ghana is eating milled rice about 1.4, 1.5 million metric tons per annum. Our national production level is not actually 800,000. Uh, metric tons of paddy rice, which translates to about, say, 400,000 metric tons of milled rice. This is where we are. We have the capacity, we have the, the land, and we have the, uh, the labor that can produce 2 million metric tons. And people are eager to do that. But because of the, the bottleneck, that is the influx of the imported rice, it has become a big headache 
to all the industry players. And so because of that, most of the rice are either in the farm yet or in the warehouses. Nobody is buying. We are trying everything brought price down. The point is that until the Indian and Vietnam rice goes down, Ghana rice has no market. This is where we are. Interesting. So most rice farmers or uh, farmer associations have over the years lamented about the cost of inputs. What has government uh, got to say with that? Any help so far? Um, unfortunately, no. Unfortunately, no. That is what makes the Ghana rice a bit expensive because the farmer has to foot all the bills. There's no subsidy as you find in Vietnam or Thailand or India or in the United States. Here you have to do it by your own grit. And that makes the price of our rice very expensive. Mm. Not only that, not the inputs. The kind of agronomy practices that we put in place is not helping. So the yield is par. It's uh, below par. The yield of the Ghana rice is below par. And the farmer has invested money. He has to get his money back. A, a hectare of um, rice land should give you, if it's a well-prepared land, should give you about 8 to 10 metric tons of uh, uh, paddy. We are doing barely 4.55 tons. Mm. So you can see that they have uh, an advantage of 100% over ours. Mm. And that tells in the market. And so it makes it very, very difficult. As I'm talking to you, I'm doing everything that I can to push the uh, distributors to accept Ghana rice. In fact, farmers are now more than willing to give the rice to you, come later and pay. But the point is that the miller will not take it because the hamata has set in the rice is dry. You do, you have 100% broken, price drops sharply about 60% down. So everybody is afraid of Ghana. This is the situation we find ourselves. There is solution. We have... Um, brought the solution over and over again. Nobody is listening. All right. But here we are. Okay, so what has become of the rice, um, national rice farming strategy? I know it's in place. What has become of that? Well, what has become of that will be told if you visit the local market in your area. If all these uh, interventions are really working, then the price of Ghana rice should be low, should be affordable, should be everywhere that you go. You can find the Ghana rice. So if you go to your local market and you're not finding the Ghana rice, that means that the interventions are not working. Mm. We need to visit the drawing board. And I tell you, as we sit here, we have the means to make it work, but we don't have the resources. That is where the, 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 the situation is. All right. Thank you very much, Yao Idupoku, for your time. He's the chairman of the Competitive African Rice Platform speaking to us there. Now, before we go, energy specialist Dr. Elik Prima Petogbo is warning of the increasing cost of electricity for consumers in Ghana as a result of the 21% imposition of value-added tax on electricity. According to him, this could make Ghana less competitive compared to neighboring countries in the West Africa power plant that have lower electricity costs. Here's more. An article titled 21% VAT on end-user electricity tariff is retrogressive and makes Ghana unattractive in the regional electricity market. Dr. Apetogbo, 
who also doubles as the chief executive officer of the Chamber of Independent Power Operators Ghana, said a 21% VAT on electricity consumption in Ghana can be counterproductive and have countless adverse effects on the overall economy and the electricity sector of Ghana. He explained that investors and businesses often seek locations with lower operational costs, including energy expenses. He added that at a stage where the regional electricity market is going through so much competition about tariff affordability, Ghana is working out of competition, which he describes as very injurious to economic recovery. Dr. Apetogbo therefore wants policymakers to carefully assess the broader economic consequences and consider a more balanced approach that protects the sustainability of the power sector, supports economic recovery, stability and industrialization. All right, so that's all we have for you by way of business life. I am Pius Kojo Baka. For more business stories, feel free to log on to myjoyonline.com forward slash business. There you go. Great stories on that portal there. Do visit the portal and get yourself updated in the world of business. See you same time tomorrow. Bye.